This episode is dedicated to Tara. Tara, I know this is a sensitive time for you. I want you to know you have the support of the Sober is Dope community. We love you very much. Rest in peace to Jordan. We send all our prayers to Jordan. This episode is dedicated to Jordan and the celebration of his life. God bless you, Tara. And Jordan, may you rest in peace. Ladies and gentlemen, our recovery is the most important thing in our lives. And we're under constant attack. And for me, it's a form of spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare, physical warfare, emotional warfare, and psychological warfare. We're at war with ourselves, principalities and powers, our environment, and our addictions. So before I start this episode, I just want to say a special prayer that helped put a hedge of protection over me during my recovery and during really tough times where I had to fight twice as hard. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast with your host, Pop Buchanan. I come to you today with an open heart and an open mind and a lot of love. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for all of your support. It's been about a week and a half since our last episode. Um, a lot of exciting things been happening in the Sober is Dope universe. Um, I've been working on a lot of new projects and a lot of exciting things for you guys. So, Let's just stay inspired, find your creativity, find your calling, whatever it is, no matter what. Don't let your addiction or depression get in your way, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I love you all, and it's very important that we live our best life. And what that means to me is that you live in such a way that you allow yourself to be expressive you allow yourself to create you allow yourself to find your joy through create creating something that resonates with your beliefs and align with your passions and excitement um a lot of my in retrospect a lot of my sadness and depression was you know due to you know certain restrictions that I put on myself so when I was heavy in my addiction it was hard for me to be the creative person that I wanted to be you know I like to make music I like to write I like to always be making something in the process of creating something and when I couldn't do that I was really angry but I didn't realize that that was one of the things that was fueling my rage was 
my lack of creativity due to my addiction because I was always too tired. I was mentally drained. I didn't have the right fuel. My mind was tired. So now I'm definitely an advocate for our personal growth. And that means your personal ability to find what your heart wants to do, what your heart wants to say, and and what that creation of that reality looks like and feels like for you in your personal life. Your personal growth is going to come from challenging yourself to do new and different things. And this also helps with our brain. It helps with our neuroplasticity, creating new things, reading new things, you know, exploring and pushing our minds forces our brain to grow new cells. And this is called neurogenesis. And being that we're in the mental health series, it's really important that we find our creative callings and we, you know, it's important not to just be confined to the nine to five. A lot of us have to work to put food on the table, but if your nine to five is not your business and your creation and it's not something that excites you, then it's just a job, right? And you have to separate that out and, um, make time for yourself so like my sister and I love to say our real jobs start when we get home from our regular jobs so you know when I when I get home six seven o'clock in the evening that's when my real work begins okay and and before that you know I I put a hundred percent on my day job but that's not my calling that's not my business that's just something that I do to put food on the table so remember ladies and gentlemen let's push ourselves to be creative and let's find our creative calling all right that's so important for our mental health for our spiritual health and our and our human development um I have a saying always be creating like that's my abc's my personal abc's is always be creating because God created us, created the universe, something created us, and there's something being created every day, a new tree, a new animal, a new bird, a new baby. It's always something new being brought into this world through consciousness. And from our thought consciousness, we could bring into new the world new creations through paintings, writings, um, create craft using our hands, using our minds, using our voices to create words, things, you know, um, let's contribute to the living universe and the creative universe. And let's ask God to give us creative miracles and special talents and to help us tap into our true calling. This is true freedom and this is true expression. And that's what I want for everyone who's listening to this podcast. Find your spark today. Every single human being was born with something that they could contribute original, something unique about you what um, is important to the whole universe, all right? And you might feel like these things are small, but cre- is, there's no such thing as a tiny creation or a small creation. Everything is valid. Everything has its place in this in an order in this universe. So um, I wanted to say that that was on my heart and I'm very happy, you know, and I'm excited that I'm happy I look forward to waking up. I look forward to living my life. And I came a long way, ladies and gentlemen. If, you, if you're if you a follower of the Sober Dope Podcast, you know my story. 
Most likely, I know your story because everyone in the Sober is Dope community, we all talk, you know, everyone reaches out to me and, I, you know, I encourage you guys to email me your stories, hit me up on social media. I want to learn more about you. I want to be involved in your life. I want to, you know, help. I want, you know, I want to be able to share my heart with you and you share your heart with me and together we can encourage each other to grow. All right. Today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, is an important episode to me. This episode is talking about grief, bereavement, and loss. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this episode is because, one, being that we're in the mental health series, it's so important to talk about grief and how we handle loss. And it's, it doesn't always have to be a death in the family. It could be a separation, a loss of a job. I think as humans, we mourn from detachment and separation and losing things that's part of our normal routine and our our, our immediate expectations. Like, you know, and I think it's very important to understanding that. And I just wanted to touch on it today to give us some context in our mental health journeys and also in our sober and recovery journeys. All right. What is grief? Grief is a natural response to loss. It is the emotional suffering you'll feel when something or someone you love is taken away. Often the pain of love can feel overwhelming. You may experience all kinds of difficult and unexpected emotions from shock or anger to disbelief, guilt, and profound sadness. The pain of grief can also disrupt your physical health, making it difficult to sleep, eat, or even think straight. These are normal reactions to loss, and the more significant the loss, the more intense your grief will be. Coping with the loss of someone or something you love is one of life's biggest challenges. You may associate grieving grieving with the death of a loved one, which is often the cause of the most intense type of grief. But any loss can cause grief, including divorce or relationship breakup, loss of health, losing a job, loss of financial stability, a miscarriage, retirement, death of a pet, loss of a cherished dream, a loved one's serious illness, loss of a friendship, loss of safety after a trauma, selling the family home. Even the subtle losses in life can trigger a sense of grief. For example, you might grieve after moving away from home, graduating from college, or changing jobs. Whatever your loss is personal to you. You don't feel ashamed about how you feel or believe that it's somehow only appropriate to grieve for certain things. If the person, animal, relationship, or situation was significant to you, it's normal to grieve the loss you're experiencing. Whatever the cause of your grief, though, there are healthy ways to cope with the pain that in time can erase your sadness and help you come to terms with your loss, find new meaning, and eventually move on with your life. The grieving process. Grieving is a highly individual experience. There's no right or wrong way to grieve. How you grieve depends on many factors, including your personality and coping style, 
your life experience, your faith, and how significant the loss was to you. Inevitably, the grieving process takes time. Healing happens gradually. It can't be forced or hurried, and there is no normal timetable for grieving. Some people start to feel better in weeks or months. For others, the grieving process is measured in years. Whatever your grief experience, it's important to be patient with yourself and allow the process to naturally unfold. Myths and facts about grief and grieving. Myth number one, the pain will go away faster if you just ignore it. Fact, trying to ignore your pain or keep it from surfacing will only make it worse in the long run. For real healing, it is necessary to face your grief and actually deal with it. Myth number two, it's important to be strong in the face of loss. Fact, feeling sad, frightened, or lonely is a normal reaction to loss. Crying doesn't mean you are weak. You don't need to protect your family or friends by putting on a brave front. Showing your true feelings can help them and you. Myth. If you don't cry, it means you aren't sorry about the loss. Fact, crying is a normal response to sadness, but it's not the only one. Those who don't cry may feel the pain just as deeply as others. They may simply have other ways of showing it. Myth, grieving should last about a year. Fact, there is no specific time frame for grieving. How long it takes differs from person to person. Myth. Moving on with your life means forgetting about your loss. Fact. Moving on means you accepted the loss, but that's not the same as forgetting. You can move on with your life and keep the memory of someone or something you lost as an important part of you. In fact, as we move through life, these memories can become more and more integral in defining the people we are. How to deal with the grieving process. While grieving a loss is an inevitable part of life, there are ways to help cope with pain. Come to terms with your grief and eventually find a way to pick up the pieces and move on with your life. The first way you could do this is to acknowledge your pain. The second way is accept that grief can trigger many different and unexpected emotions. So be prepared. Third, Understand that your grieving process will be unique to you. Four, seek out face-to-face support from people who care about you. Don't be afraid to share how you feel with your family and friends. Five, support yourself emotionally by taking care of yourself physically. So ladies and gentlemen, for us in the recovery community and anyone that's dealing with mental health, if we're suffering from a loss, it's very important that we're very proactive about maintaining our healthy sleep, trying our best to still eat, taking care of ourselves because we don't want our grief to lead to a possible relapse. Okay, so that comes with taking care of yourself so your brain can be healthy and you can minimize any potential impact. Six. Recognize the difference between grief and depression. The stages of grief. In 1969, psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross introduced what became known as the five stages of grief. 
These stages of grief were based on her studies of the feelings of patients facing terminal illness, but many people have generalized them to other types of negative life changes and losses, such as death of a loved one or a breakup. The five stages of grief. Denial. This can't be happening to me. Anger. Why is this happening to me? Who is to blame? Bargaining. Make this not happen and in return I will blank. Depression. I'm too sad to do anything. Acceptance. I'm at peace with what happened. If you are experiencing any of these emotions following a loss, it may help to know that your reaction is natural and that you'll heal in time. However, not everyone who grieves goes through all of these stages and that's okay. Contrary to popular belief, you do not have to go through each stage in order to heal. In fact, some people resolve their grief without going through any of these stages. And if you don't go, and if you do go through these stages of grief, you probably won't experience them in a neat sequential order. So don't worry about what you should be feeling or which stage you're supposed to be in. Kubler Ross herself never intended for these stages to be a rigid framework that applies to everyone who mourns. In her last book before her death in 2004, she said of the five stages of grief, they were never meant to help tuck messy emotions into neat packages. They are responses to loss that many people have, but there is not a typical response to loss and there is no typical loss. Our grieving is, a, is as an individual as our lives. Grief can be a roller coaster. Instead of a series of stages, we might also think of grieving the process of grieving as a roller coaster full of ups and downs, highs and lows. Like many roller coasters, the ride tends to be rougher in the beginning. The lows may be deeper and longer. The difficult periods should become less intense and shorter as time goes by. But it takes time to work through the loss, even years after a loss, especially at special events such as a family wedding or the birth of a child we may still experience some sense of grief. Symptoms of grief. While loss affects people in different ways, many of us experience the following symptoms when we're grieving. Just remember that almost anything that you experience in the early stages of grief is normal, including feeling like you're going crazy, feeling like you're in a bad dream, or questioning your religious or spiritual beliefs. Emotional symptoms of grief, shock and disbelief. Right after a loss, it can be hard to accept what happened. You may feel numb, have trouble believing that the loss really happened, or even deny the truth. If someone you love has died, you may keep expecting them to show up, even though you know they're gone. Sadness. Profound sadness is probably the most universally experienced symptom of grief. You may have feelings of emptiness, despair, yearning, or deep loneliness. You may also cry a lot or feel emotionally unstable. Guilt. You may regret or feel guilty about things you did or didn't say or do. You may also feel guilty about certain feelings. Example given, 
feeling relieved when a person died after a long, difficult illness. After death, you may even feel guilty for not doing something to prevent the death, even if there was nothing more you could have done. Anger. Even if the loss was nobody's fault, you may feel angry and resentful. If you lost a loved one, you may be angry with yourself, God, the doctors, or even the person who died for abandoning you. You may feel the need to blame someone for the injustice that was done to you. Fear. A significant loss can trigger a host of worries and fears. You may feel anxious, helpless, and insecure. You may even have panic attacks. The death of a loved one can trigger fears about your own mortality of facing life without that person or the responsibilities you now face alone. Physical symptoms of grief. We often think of grief as a strictly emotional process, but grief often involves physical problems, including fatigue, nausea, lower immunity, weight loss or weight gain, aches and pains and insomnia. So fatigue, you may feel like you, you know, you're really weak and tired, all right? Abnormally tired. Nausea, you may want to throw up or you always may feel like you're about to throw up. Lowered immunity, you may get colds faster, you may, you know, you you may get sick. Weight loss or weight gain, aches and pains and insomnia, not being able to sleep. Seek seek support for grief and loss. Ladies and gentlemen, this is very important. Okay, this was part of my therapy, seeking support for grief and loss. The pain of grief can often cause you to want to withdraw from others and retreat into your shell. But having the face-to-face support of other people is vital to healing from loss. Even if you're not comfortable talking about your feelings under normal circumstances, it's important to express them when you're grieving. While sharing your loss can make the burden of grief easier to carry, that doesn't mean that every time you interact with friends and family, you need to talk about your loss. Comfort can also come from just being around others who care about you. The key is not to isolate yourself. Turn to friends and family members. Now is the time to lean on the people who care about you, even if you take pride in being strong and self-sufficient. Rather than avoiding them, draw friends and loved ones close. Spend time together face-to-face and accept the assistance that's offered. Sometimes people may offer you, hey, come by, let's hang out. And we may say, nah, it's good, it's nah, it's good, because we want to go through our pain together, but this may not be healthy. Often, people want to help, but don't know how, so tell them what you need. Accept the help, whether it's a shoulder to cry on, help with funeral arrangement, or just someone to hang out with. If you don't feel you have anyone you can regularly connect with in person, it's never too late to build new relationships. Accept that many people feel awkward when trying to comfort someone who's grieving. Grief can be a confusing, sometimes frightening emotion for many people, especially if they haven't experienced a similar loss themselves. They may feel unsure about how to comfort you and end up saying or doing the wrong things. But don't use that as an excuse to retreat into your shell and avoid social contact. If a friend or loved one reaches out to you, it's because they care. Draw comfort from your faith. If you follow a religious tradition, embrace the comfort 
its morning rituals can provide. Spiritual activities that are meaningful to you, such as praying, meditating, or going to church can offer solace. If if you're questioning your faith in the wake of loss, talk to a clergy member or others in your religious community. Join a support group. Grief can feel very lonely, even when you have loved ones around. Sharing your sorrow with others who have experienced similar losses can help. To find a bereavement support group in your area, contact local hospitals, hospices, funeral homes, and counseling centers, or see the researches that I'll post in our show notes. Talk to a therapist or grief counselor. This helped me a lot in my recovery, ladies and gentlemen. I sought bereavement for the death of my father, so I recommend that if you are struggling with loss, to seek a therapist or grief counselor. If your griefs feel like too much to bear, find a mental health professional with experience in grief counseling. An experienced therapist can help you work through intense emotions and overcome obstacles to your grieving. Using social media for grief support. Memorial pages on Facebook and other social media sites have become popular ways to inform a wide audience of a loved one's passing and to reach out for support, as well as allowing you to impact practical information such as funeral plans. These pages allow friends and loved ones to post their own tributes and condolences. Reading such messages can often provide comfort for those grieving the loss. Of course, posting sensitive content on social media has its risk. Memorial pages are often open to anyone with a Facebook account. They may encourage people who hardly knew the deceased to post well-meaning but inappropriate comments or advice. Worse, memorial pages can also attract internet trolls. There has been many well-publicized cases of strangers posting cruel or abusive messages on memorial pages. To gain some protection, you can opt to create a closed group or on Facebook rather than a public page, which means people have to be approved by a group member before they can access the memorial. It's also important to remember that while social media can be a useful tool for reaching out to others, it can't replace the face-to-face support you need at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourself as you grieve. When you're grieving, it's important is more important than ever to take care of yourself. The stress of a major loss can quickly deplete your energy and emotional reserves. Looking after your physical and emotional needs will help you get through this difficult time. So all my friends of the Sober's Dope universe and anyone that may be listening to this and or everyone in the mental health community and, and as part of our mental health series... Please, you have to take care of yourself because I don't want you relapsing. I don't want you getting um, in an emotional or mental state that's totally unhealthy to your recovery. So please, you have to protect yourself during grief and you have to protect your recovery from drugs and alcohol and others process addictions. Whatever we're recovering from, that has to be put in the forefront. Because it's too easy to let in, in a time of grief to slip up. And I want you as a way of giving a tribute to our loved ones by maintaining our recovery. Face your feelings. You can try to suppress your grief, but you can't avoid it forever. In order to heal, you have to acknowledge the pain. 
Trying to avoid feelings of sadness and loss only prolongs the grieving process. Unresolved grief can also lead to complications such as depression, anxiety, substance abuse, and heart problems. Express your feelings in a tangible, creative way. Write about your loss in a journal. If you lost a loved one, write about write a letter saying the things that you needed to say. Make a scrapbook or a photo album celebrating the person whose life of the person you love and or or um you know get involved in a cause or organization that's important to the one you love. Try to maintain your hobbies and interests. There's comfort and routine in getting back to the activities that bring you joy and connect you closer to others. Um, that can help you come to terms with your loss and aid in the grieving process. So, you know, don't go too far out of your regular routine. Try to get back into your process, all right? Remember, protect your mind, protect your body, eat healthy, get healthy sleep during the morning process. That helps with our sobriety and recovery, but also keeping the same routine or trying to stick to the as close to our routine as possible is going to help us. Don't let anyone tell you how to feel and don't let yourself and don't tell yourself how to feel either. Your grief is your own and no one else can tell you when it's time to move on and get over it. Let yourself feel whatever you feel without embarrassment or judgment. It's okay to be angry, to yell at the heavens, to cry or not to cry. It's also okay to laugh, to find moments of joy and to let go when you're ready. Plan ahead for grief and triggers anniversaries, holidays, and milestones can reawaken memories and feelings. Be prepared for an emotional wallop and know it's completely normal. If you're sharing a holiday or life cycle event with other relatives, talk to them ahead of time and about their expectations and agree on strategies to honor the person you love. Look after your physical health. The mind and body are connected. When you feel healthy physically, you'll be better able to cope emotionally. Combat stress and fatigue by getting enough sleep, eating right, and exercising. Don't use alcohol or drugs to numb the pain of grief or lift your mood artificially. When grief doesn't go away, as time passes, following a significant loss such as death of a loved one is normal for feelings of sadness, numbness, or anger to gradually ease. These and other difficult emotions become less intense as you begin to accept the loss and start to move forward with your life. However, if you aren't feeling better over time or your grief is getting worse, it may be a sign that your grief has developed into a more serious problem, such as complicated grief or major depression. All right. So being that we're in our mental health series one of the ways that we understood or uh, understand um, depression is through time, our brain changes um, and the neuroplasticity of our brain changes. And that change usually comes after some form of dramatic life event, usually a loss of some kind, maybe a breakup, maybe a death in, fa- a death in a family. Sometimes grief can create such a change in our brains to trigger depression because as time passes, our brains can also change. And instead of growing new and healthy brain cells, the parts of our brain 
that are responsible for transmitting the neurotransmitters and the healthy hormones of dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine to other parts of our brains can become damaged, all right? These these neurotransmitters can not get from one place to another due to this life event and this life event triggering a change in our structure of our brain. So we spoke about this in our last two episodes, depression and neuroplasticity and depression and mindfulness. So this follows through because these, um, grief is one of the causes of major depression. So let's talk about complicated grief. The sadness of losing someone you love never goes away completely, but it shouldn't remain center stage. If the pain of loss is so constant and severe that it helps, that it keeps you from resuming your life, you may be suffering from a condition known as complicated grief. Complicated grief is like being stuck in an intense state of mourning. You may have trouble accepting the death long after it has occurred or be so preoccupied with the person who died that it disrupts your daily routine and undermines your other relationships. Symptoms of complicated grief include intense longing and yearning for your deceased loved one, intrusive thoughts of images or images of your loved one, denial of the death or sense of disbelief, imagining that your loved one is still alive, searching for your deceased loved one in familiar places, avoiding things that remind you of your loved one, extreme anger or bitterness over your loss, and feeling that life is empty or meaningless. If your loved one's death was sudden, violent, or otherwise extremely stressful or disturbing, complicated grief can manifest as psychological trauma or PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. If your loss has left you feeling helpless and struggling with upsetting emotions, memories, and anxiety that won't go away, you may have been traumatized. But with the right guidance, you can make healing changes and move on with your life. Okay? The difference between grief and depression. Distinguishing between grief and clinical depression isn't always easy as they share many symptoms but there is a way to tell the difference remember grief can be a roller coaster it involves a wide variety of emotions and a mix of good and bad days even when you're in the middle of a grieving process you still have moments of pleasure or happiness with depression on the other hand the feelings of emptiness and despair are constant other symptoms that suggest depression not just grief includes intense pervasive sense of guilt thoughts of suicide or preoccupation with dying feelings of hopelessness or worth worthlessness slow speech and body movements inability to function at home work or school seeing or hearing things that aren't there can antidepressants help grief as a general rule normal grief does not warrant the use of antidepressants While medication may relieve some of the symptoms of grief, it cannot treat the cause, which is the loss itself. Furthermore, by numbing the pain that must be worked through eventually, antidepressants delay the mourning process. Instead, there are other steps you can take to deal with depression and regain your sense of joy in life. 
when to seek professional help for grief. If you experience symptoms of complicated grief or clinical depression, talk to a mental health professional right away. Left untreated, complicated grief and depression can lead to significant emotional damage, life-threatening health problems, and even suicide. But treatment can help you get better. Contact a grief counselor or professional therapist if you feel like life isn't worth living, or if you wish you had died with your loved one, or if you blame yourself for the loss or for failing to prevent it, or if you feel numb and disconnected from others for more than a few weeks, or you are having difficult trust in others since your loss, or you're unable to perform your normal daily activities. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank the author of these notes, Melinda Smith, M.A., Lawrence Robinson, and Gian Segal, Ph.D., all right? Loss and grief are very, very, very complicated and sad, and they set us back, but they cannot hold us back for too long. You have to process these emotions and this grief in a healthy way, and I encourage you to really remember your recovery And it's okay to be angry. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to go through the emotions. As long as you're not hurting yourself in the process. Ladies and gentlemen, my father died in 1992, right? And it took me almost 20 years to put that death in its proper perspective. And I was very young. And I, and you know... What it, I had to seek a therapist. I had to see a counselor. I had to deal with it. I had to really come to grips that people die and bad things happen. But it doesn't mean life is not beautiful. And it doesn't mean that I don't deserve to live the best life possible. And I encourage you to really seek outside help. Lean on family and friends. You know, try, you know, prayer, meditation. And really celebrate the life of the person. Because... It's been almost 22, 23 years since my father's death. And I literally, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> honest to God, I still see my father every, not every day, but I, I see my father on a regular basis in my dreams. I know he's alive. In this beautiful way, 20 years, 20 plus years later, I have a slight confirmation that there's life after death, that we don't just die, that we are eternal beings, that we, you know, we come through this life and some of us may have it, our life may be cut short. And it doesn't mean that we die at that moment. I think that we're able to live on and our bodies are sacred gifts and tools from God that allow us to experience this life in this meaningful way as human beings. Because I do believe we are eternal spiritual beings who are having a human experience. All right. And sometimes that human experience could be six years, 20 years, 100 years, 150 years. 40 years, 20 years, 30 years, but it is a beautiful human experience. And in our eternity, I know that anyone that moved on will want us, the ones left behind, to not necessarily be sad, but to love them and to, to celebrate them. I always know, I always said this, if anything happened to me, to my families and friends, if I died, please 
live life, love and remember me because I know I'm going back to God. I know I'm eternal. I know I don't die. I know this is not my first time here and I know it won't be my last time. I I have a sense that I've been alive for millions of years and I just happen to be in this form at this time sharing my experience with you. And yes, it has been a roller coaster and yes, it is fun. But when it is indeed my time to go and God calls me home, please do not cry and please do not be in despair. Celebrate me as you know me and love me as if I did not die. I love you, ladies and gentlemen. Death and grief are very important. They are the center of our experience with detachment and loss because we are connected. We call this in the church a soul tie. Sometimes we have soul ties with people where it feels like when we lose them, everything is taken away from us. But I promise you, if you you listen and you remember and you meditate and you pray and and you think positively about that person, you will feel their essence and their spirit and you will know that they are in their eternity just in a different form, looking back at you saying, sweetheart, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. I love you, ladies and gentlemen. Don't hide your emotions. Be free. Mourn as much as you have to, but just take care of yourself in the process. All right. You're listening to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. This episode is dealing with bereavement, grief, mental health, and depression. I hope you found some value in it. God bless you.